Welcome to episode 17 of the Permaculture Pimpcast. The only Pimpcast out there where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and just about everything else on a homestead from a pragmatic point of view. How you doing, son? Pretty good. I'm a little beat up and tired from practice, but I'm Oh, you good. got a little announcement today, don't you? What What's happened at practice? You oh, said, I got a new stripe on my belt. Yeah. yeah. So there he is doing that Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Better not talk too much smack to him. So, no. um, yeah, <laughs> no, we can't we not, can't get in the scuffle right here in the studio. That, Dad. We don't <laughs> need to encourage that. <laughs> All right, y'all, right out of the gates. Hey, if you're checking us out, if you're listening to this, try to do it on the Fountain app. Tip a pimp. Um, yeah, people are using it all the time. Well, one asked, one was asking a like clarification. Was it pimp a pimp or tip tip a pimp? Pip a pimp. The, yeah, they were confused on whether or not it was pimp a pimp or tip a pimp. Tip a pimp, and pimp stands for permaculture is my passion. So we got a a good swing on an ugly word. Also, y'all, um, like I said, that fountain app is the shiz knit. And uh, William will be fielding some of your questions from that here in a little while. But also, I want to make you aware of a new, um, it's going to be a new platform. Well, and this not, is exciting. I don't know if it's like a new platform or is it is it considered a platform or is it more like a website? Well, right now it's a website. Forum. Right now it's a website. It's called freesteading.com. Uh, some people I know... Uh, reliable people I know actually put it together. Now, how many times, how many, how many front porch talks, how many different times, especially over the last couple of months, have I gone on about how we need to do business with one another? We need to stay away from these other platforms that hate our guts and then go to these other platforms. Well, there's some folks that are putting it together in this Sunday. Um, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking with tag from life done free and we might even we might and he's going to explain it. it a lot better than we can because well, we are really good at farming. We are not good at technology. Yet. Well, I'm going to get good at it because um, we have to. Well, what they're what they're talking about within this platform, it's going to be a combination of, I mean, Twitter, Facebook, all those things all in one place in a place where and, it, and, and I, as I understand it, there's going to be different tiers. I want to I don't want to get out in front of my skis too much on this. I want to let Tag talk about it because he's right at the forefront of this. But this is what I've been talking about. Everybody in the great-grandmother has been saying, yeah, I'm going to put this together. I'm going to put this together. Well, somebody finally did. And Tag has, like, he's done this before, hasn't he? Oh, he has yeah. experience doing things like this before yeah. for other people, right? Yeah, he and his uh, partners and everything, they, um, they do this sort of thing. And they've done it numerous times. But now they're doing it for something for as a community for all of us, man. And I'm excited about it, man. I'm really hoping a lot of people get on board. I kind of took it for a little bit of a test ride. And look, man, if it's easy enough that I can work it out, you know that thing's going to be all right. And they're working, <laughs> they're working on an app for us. You guys uh, don't phones. understand how true that is. Man, <laughs> you don't know. I mean, I'm a farmer. I'm a, I'm a lot of things, man. We're going to talk about some of that in this episode. But a tech dude, I am not. People who have iPhones understand that they don't have to unlock their phone every time they want to go to their camera. Man. Dad does not. Look, man. All, look, you give me one of them big old jitterbugs before long with the big old numbers on it that they give to the senior citizens. Yeah, that was the one I told you I was going to get for you back when you were in high school. I said, boy, you keep messing around. I'm going to get you one of them jitterbugs. You can pull. Dude, that thing's so big, it looks like that you're calling in massive. artillery. Yeah, man, it looks like one of those things you call in artillery yeah. in the Army. All right, y'all. So check out, like I said, check us out on Freestead 
or not little yeah you could check us out on freestead we got a spot there also on the foundation.com freesteading.com for what did i call it freesteader freestead.com no freesteading freesteading.com we'll leave a link below all right that's a better way of doing it all right tip of the day y'all and it's going to go into the theme of what we're talking about i know you're, you're probably thinking well how excited could that possibly be well it means everything we're going to talk about education and modalities of it and believe it or not this is pretty doggone important it's really the fundamental backbone of everything we all do but listen tip of the day take 10 minutes just 10 minutes to try and learn something new Every single day in your craft. Now, if you're listening to this, you know, there's a good chance that you're likely a homesteader, permaculture designer, um, prep. Well, I almost said prepper. I just said prepper. Yep. I hate saying anything that ends in ER because the powers that shouldn't be have some somehow turned everything that ends in ER into a pejorative. But um, Anybody in the preparedness, you're likely listening to this and you had to learn something to get into any one of those things. So, I mean, I know everybody has, I know everybody has limited time these days, but look, even if you're at your job and you got to run to the can and you're going to be there and pretend that you're actually, you know, using the bathroom when we all know you're actually on your phone playing Angry Birds, right? Well, maybe don't play Angry Birds. Spend Grab some of that toilet paper and learn how to make a right-hand laid rope. In fact, I probably ought to do a video on that, son. I've been talking about it. You're going to do it on the can? I might just do that. <laughs> got to be careful, though, man. I don't want to dispense with the notion that all men are created equal, so i got to be mindful how that, how, that, how that video goes down. But, no, I mean, take if you're going to be on that phone anyway, pick a subject, maybe in the craft that you're already doing, and find out. Maybe you want to know a little bit about Bitcoin, okay? Go find that out. Maybe you want to find out about this freesteading uh, platform. Go find it out. Maybe go check out the Fountain app. Do something that is going to further. And let's say you're in. I know I'm talking to a lot of people out there because I used to be one of those people where I, you know, you go to that job. And as they always say, as George Carling said, you know, they they pay you enough to keep you from quitting. and You do enough to keep from getting fired. Well, if you're making that transition or you're looking to get into the life we're in right now, which Believe me, record numbers are wanting to do. You see what's going on in this world. Well, maybe just instead of playing Angry Birds, maybe spend a little bit of time in the can, taking that phone and learning just one thing. Just learn a knot. Say, okay, today I'm going to learn how to make a bowline. Or today I'm going to find out what the, oh, here's an idea. How about the seven layers of a forest? Really, eight. What else can you think of, son? Yeah, you can do that on the way back to your house, probably, depending on where you live. Um, you could practice the seven layers of a food forest on your way on your, on your commute back. I'll tell you what, I'm a, I'm a person that's constantly learning all day long. And even when I was working on my tools, um, I still was, but I, I will tell you folks made something of a transition in my life. Uh, thanks to, uh, want to give a shout out from John from SOE special operations equipment, because all these podcasts that I was listening to for a while there even had a conversation with Ben Holler about it at one particular time. All these podcasts where I listen and I think that I have to be informed about every single thing in the world, and then only to find out that many of these podcasts are really just giving you the same thing. So I've kind of whittled that down because the nature of the work I do, by and large, I'm not talking to anybody all day, so I'm educating myself, or I'm listening to the Bible app, or I'm praying, or I'm memorizing Bible verses, or whatever the case may be, take a little bit of that time and 
Well, what I've done, son, is actually taken really a fair amount of that time where I'm listening to this podcast, that podcast, all of them giving you certain information throughout the day. And what I've done is whittled myself away from those, weaned myself away from those into listening to other podcasts that are actually going to help us. You know, one thing I've noticed about those like uh, info podcasts, those political podcasts, all of them came out recently claiming they were the first ones to say or first ones to say that Trump was going to get blamed for all this vaccine damage. Yeah. Yeah. Every Every single single one of them spent basically the whole podcast talking about how they were the first ones to talk about it out. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So which is alarming, but I don't know in what way yet. Well, at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time thinking on that stuff right now because Truthfully, when you listen to Tag and other people like from Life Done Free, Danny at Deep South, and a bunch of other friends that I have out there, if you check them out too, they're aware of what's going on, but they're not consumed by it. So instead of taking that time and really wasting my time about things, you know what? My education has gone off the doggone charts because of that. So folks, like I said, just take, if nothing else, 10 minutes and build on it. You know, by the time you take your fifth bathroom bathroom break throughout the day <laughs> or smoke break, whatever it is you're doing, um, hopefully not that. But if that's the case, you know, you may have a pretty good handle on a new skill just by looking at it and learning it. Maybe it's something for me. You know, I'm a big history buff. I'll learn. You know, I listen to this podcast from time to time about the Roman Empire and I learned something else I didn't yet know. But and you're probably thinking, well, what does that got to do today do with today? Well, for me, I'm seeing the parallels because like Solomon said, nothing new is under the sun. So if it happened before, I know it's going to happen again. And if you read a article, it was on lourockwell.com called Shumter's Rome. I believe the name of it was every single parallel that you can think of when it comes to an empire in every single way we overlay the Roman empire. So it only makes good sense. To figure out, oh, okay, well, they were debasing their currency in the Roman Empire. Are we doing that? Check. Uh, they had, they were an empire. They had garrisons of troops everywhere. Huh. Check. We got that one covered. So anyway, point being is take a little bit of time. Start with 10 minutes. Um, you're probably going to be on the can that long anyway. So take that time and try to get something new. There's one uh, YouTube channel I like to watch where it's so instead of listening to podcasts, whenever I'm learning history, it's better if I have like something to watch or like a visual with it. So one YouTube channel I like to watch is Epic History TV, and they're, they're kind of funny, but they also give you visuals and you can actually see on the maps um, like where everything was and stuff like that. And that's that's really helpful for me. Yeah, but, but they just did one like, why did the Sp- Spanish Empire fall? But they'll do a whole animated thing. And uh, explain why it happened. So what I really got out of that is you're sandbagging because there ain't no way you're just listening to that because son, you just admitted you're over here sandbagging. No, on me here's here's how actually on earth what I are do. You watching this if you're doing here, farm work? Here's a little life hack. So you prop your phone up in the shower while you're taking a shower. What? Yeah, yeah. You prop your phone up in the shower while you're taking a shower where it won't get wet, and you can watch a YouTube. I do it every night. What if it falls in the shower? What are you doing in the shower? Why is it falling down? I'm taking, I don't, okay. I don't, okay. There's something it's else a, I don't know. It's in a stable spot. Man, I don't even want to know. Yeah. You uh, prop your phone up in the corner in the shower and you can watch a, you can watch your educational YouTube video that day in the shower. All right. I'll take your word on that one. Okay. Into farm news. 
Um, right off the bat, y'all. Yeah, we're just gonna change that subject. Here's another we're talking tip about of the sitting day. on the can, talking about watching videos in the shower. Man, good thing you can't get a. Hopefully, you don't get you know elect Kentucky Fried doing that sort of thing. But anyway, um, what I'm hoping also to do, and I think it's going to be a great idea, is on that freesteading uh, platform. It's like what I'm going to announce right now. Ben and Denise over at Renewed Homestead are going to have a gathering, and it's going to be. If you want to sign up for it, it's going to be in Burnsville, North Carolina. And it seems like a pretty awesome place. I don't remember the name of it right now, but it's going to be October 22nd. We'll link that down below too, guys. Well, we're going to have to, yeah. (laughs) The location, oh, just, hey, Burnsville, North Carolina. Okay, we'll (laughs) dial you in. We'll give you, right now we gave you a four-digit grid coordinate, but we're going to dial it into about an eight-digit by the time this thing rolls around. <laughs> so we're going to get you closer. But uh, go to renewedhomestead at gmail.com if you want to sign up. There's only going to be 200 people, and they're about half full already. And if nothing else, it's a really pretty area of North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Burnsville area. Yeah. You're just surrounded by mountains there. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool indoor venue. You're going to have to bring your own chair, uh, bring whatever grub you're going to eat. I think they're looking into trying to get a food truck out there. I think I know somebody that might want to fit the bill on food that. Food trucks are notoriously unreliable. Man, man how many I times have, no have they idea. quit on festivals we know about? I know, I know. That one in South Carolina? Man, we could be out there. Okay, I got some ideas, man, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. You just gave me an idea. But anyway, um, I think there's 90 campsites, tent and RV. Now, son, instead of talking about this stuff in here, which is important, what I want to try to do is use that freesteading app to list all these things because we have event after event after event coming up. Yeah. So as far as farm news, y'all, look, we can't forsake getting together. That's the one thing they don't want us to do. Now, invariably, you're going to, at every one of these things, there's probably going to be somebody in there who means ill or whatever. But, hey. I the, haven't met one person at one of these homesteading events that mean, that means any ill. I haven't either, but. There have been some crazy people, but yeah, there haven't been, been anybody a, that met ill. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you got just about, I mean, like going to that rodeo in this town, son, I'd say 90% of the people were armed. So right. that's a Which friendly gathering a pol- as far as I'm polite concerned. people. That's right. Everybody gets along great. So Open carry at the rodeo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, those guys, that was not a place you want to go tripping, man. <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, so any would-be uh, Middle Eastern terrorist or that's, sort of thing even exists i can tell you some places they won't go it's going to be a rodeo and nascar events <laughs> i can promise you it ain't going down there dude um so as far as farm news yeah we're still processing pigs in fact by the time this comes out i'm guessing this new video is going to come out where yeah it's it's just kind of giving you the highlights but uh we're going to have more info on that as far as pig processing and stuff like that but yeah that's that's one cool thing about having borrowing that mobile freezer or fridge from jason is that that I don't have to hurry up and get it done. I can sit here, take my time, make beautiful cuts because there is a, this is why, you know, when I teach uh, butchery, a lot of times, man, when you do it on a homestead, you don't always get, you want to gut and skin when it's warm. You want to cut, you know, make your cuts when it's cold. You can make things look better. They, you know, they come out so much better. And when you have something like this, you can borrow from a friend, man. It makes all the difference in the world. So yeah, we need to build one of those, man. Though. I'm telling you, we either, need to build one where we can hang it like, like a sheep. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. If we could have a, like a cool bot in, yeah. in the house and we could hang that meat up for, you know, at least a few weeks, you know? Yeah. 
So that would be really, really awesome. For a pig, it's not all that necessary. But you ate one of the pork chops tonight, dude. I cut off the pig today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was off the hook. Yeah. It was good. So that, that bad fat, boy. You can't really compare the fat to, like, this is part of the reason we can't even sell our meat because you can't, how do you price yeah. quality like that? Because you can't, like, large-scale factories can't, or large-scale farms can't pay the attention that we do to our pigs because they're on such a large scale. That's kind of the benefit of having smaller acreage versus larger acreage is that you yield higher per square foot because you can pay more attention to more of the area. Well, there's also that fact that, you know, anybody that says, oh man, you're raising pigs on food scraps. They don't taste right. Well, what did that pig? Okay. We had some store-bought pork chops that your wife came back with and Compare them to these. I mean, yeah. there, there's no comparison. There really isn't. Yeah. And then if you want to do other things like you brine them and that sort of thing, man, you can really put them in. All I did to just try them out, um, just salt and pepper. But, man, I got to say, of all the pigs we've ever eaten, what's number one? Them guinea hogs, Yeah, man. those guinea hogs. It's hard to beat those guinea hogs. Those red wattles were off the hook, too. Though. Yeah, they were really good, too. These guys were good, but I think I like, I mean, they're really good, but. The guinea hog has better, definitely better flavor. Than anything else I've ever yeah. had out there. And believe me, I've been hanging on to those. Okay, so we got pig processing down. Uh, moved all the animals today. And that's, folks, with, with the model we do, this is why it's so much more work for us than for a lot of folks is that everything moves just about every day. Not the pigs, but we don't leave them in one area more than 21 days. And that's when you're going to start having some real problems. So we, we kind of partially moved them today one yeah. pig got out uh, yeah. slipped on the mud apparently fell right over the fence and got out yeah it was supposed to be raining for a large portion of the day and it slowly whittled down throughout the day and then apparently it rained i didn't even know until i got back from practice that it rained here yeah well it didn't rain at practice the entire day well we were over at ben and denise's for a little while to go celebrate ben's birthday happy birthday by the way ben from happy birthday ben sorry i couldn't make it renewed homestead um we were over there hanging out with them for a little while. Wish we could have stayed longer, man. That's man. That, man. If there's a downside to this life, man, I got to say you don't spend enough time with people. You really love hanging out. Every time we go to these festivals, you meet everybody and the feeling out period really doesn't exist, man. You already got so much in common with everybody that's there. So when it's time to exit, man, it's really, you know yeah and everybody's exiting in a rush because everybody has animals to take care of yeah yeah that seems to always be the case yeah all right so let's move on to the world news that might affect you a little bit more and um this one's gonna it's not necessarily farm related but it is related somehow right now everybody's going on about the student loans and basically the student loan forgiveness i think it's a grand total of about 10 g's which is minuscule compared to some of the debt i've yeah. heard about right some of these kids having 10 g's okay what about the other 90 <laughs> yeah so on the low end if you didn't go to a private school well right out, or of, out of state you know right off the bat y'all because like i said this whole thing is about education that's why it's in there um for those of you parents out there I'm going to ask you to consider um, a lot of people just think it's compulsory to finish high school and jump into college, even though they don't ask yourself, do you want to pay for that? Well, does your also, kid want to pay for that? Like if your kid is, does your kid even need to finish high school? Really? I mean, if your kid is advanced enough, do they really need to waste any more time in high school? The only reason they're set, like they think there's a limitation until they're 18 is because you told them so. Look, man, you're in a system where the average kid can get a C if he tries just a little bit. 
he or she tries just a little bit can get a C. So the bar ain't exactly high. That's why when <laughs> no. that's why when you graduated high school, what are you going to give them for a graduation present? I said nothing. <laughs> I mean, this ain't no achievement. I mean, I, I you know I think it I, wasn't. I actually gave you a roll of toilet. No, Becky gave you a roll of toilet paper. This year? No, when you graduated high school. Uh, yeah. So the point being is that no, we didn't go through a whole lot when you graduated high school because I'm like, well, that's really not much of achievement. You know, not do really. something else and we'll talk about it. So. They're talking about these student loans, and a lot of pundits are coming down saying, this is the worst thing ever. Well, those same pundits didn't have anything to say when you were bailing out Wall Street. Right. I mean, I don't I don't endorse either one. Or sending money to over to Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, what was your <laughs> outrage on that? country in the world. <laughs> well, it's not just them. It's everybody out right. there. I didn't hear anybody going on about that, but you're going on about the student loan debt, which Nancy is minuscule. Nancy alcohol bill. Yeah. <laughs> I could have paid off a couple of kids. <laughs> no, but when you get down to it, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I don't support either one. I'm definitely not for getting a degree in worthlessness. You know, half these kids out here working in bartenders, a lot of them got master's degrees in something, and I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do with it? Just don't go. Like, there, you. it's really hard to justify going to college right now. If it's now. not engineering or something of a medical nature, why Even would you engineering, go? why do you need to go? If you really are, if you really want to become an engineer, like, okay, so that Andy Frazella guy, is that his name? Yeah. Andy Frazella. He's the real AF podcast. Like, he, he does not look at a college degree as a beneficial thing in hiring an employee. No. No. And neither do I. I mean, getting it, and we'll talk more about that, but honestly, ask yourself, is that a good investment of your time? Some and of money. the people, the, some of the dumbest people that have been on this farm have degrees. <laughs> oh man, don't get me started. <laughs> All right, when we come back, y'all, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk more about it. Yeah, you ain't got nowhere else to go because you're paying off these student loans. That's why, you know, that's really what he was singing about. You can't go anywhere, nephew, because you're broke. You're paying back these student loans. But um, really. Just don't go. No, I mean, there is that. But at the same time, you know, it, it's pretty annoying to me that, you know, all these high school teachers are telling everybody. And we're going to get in. The main topic is education. We'll get into that. Um. I remember in high school, they were telling me and telling your mom and everybody else, you got to go to college to go be a success. You got to go to college to do this. Well, folks, I've said it before that I got a military education, a trade education, two college degrees, and a farm education. Now, those four types of education, which one do you think put money in my pocket, son? I'm going to give you a multiple choice there. Which one? Wait, wait. We'll go easier. Which one didn't put money in my pocket? The college, college degrees. Right. And then all the other skills as an autodidact or a self-taught person that I've learned along the way are far better than anything I've ever been uh, formally taught. Yeah. I mean, the apprenticeship for me was the best modality. You yeah. know, I spent, I spent five years in the IBEW apprenticeship to become an electrician, to become a journeyman. And in that education, the cost of it was a fraction. Literally they're paying you when you don't even know anything. When you first get in the trade. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
And after five years, it used to not be that way. You used to just not get paid. <laughs> right. As a, there was a time where you would learn a trade and then consider the other trade, the butcher's trade. Yeah. Well, I didn't get paid anything for that. Well, yeah. To even yeah. get my foot in the door, to to just get my foot in the door, I had to compete for that. I mean, yeah. they thought I was crazy because I said I'd work for free. And if you think about the old school apprenticeship, the only thing you were expected to get, I'm talking way back, was really room and board. That was about it. Right. And if you didn't pan out, bro, you were in a hard, hard place. So... The reason why we're even talking about this is I come across a lot of homesteaders y'all and I get a lot of, um, get a lot of questions. And by the way, if you have any questions, you want anything answered and you want a show topic covered, remember, hit me up at Billy at permapasturesfarm.com. That's the link down below. Yep. Hit me up there. If there's well, I'm any- saying link down below. It's in the show notes. I don't know if that's below on the podcast app that you're listening to. Um, used to saying that from pod, uh, from YouTube, but well, yeah, check the show notes. Yeah. So, Look, this whole theme is about education. We covered it in the tip of the day. We even talked about it to a certain extent in the news segment. And at the end of the day, I'm sure they're going to raise taxes, do all that kind of stuff. And it's diabolical what's going on. I mean, this is communism 101. Um, Yeah, probably lost some people there, but I don't care. The point being, in all those modalities of education, y'all, the one I got almost nothing out of and by the way, an, a so-called quote education is Don't more you have indexed. A business degree? Yeah, it's it's more indexed. It's you know it didn't actually. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, well I got a business and a uh, science degree, but the um, the point of it being is that of all those different modalities of education, think about the one that was most indexed for inflation. Well, that's a college education. There's nothing that has a higher level of inflation than that so-called college education. And isn't it really indoctrination? So what was your yeah. experience when you started college? Which time? <laughs> well, that last time, who, what was the one class they wanted you to take? They ads? wanted me to take a, I forget what the title of the class was, but it was this uh, Chinese dude who was going to try to convince me that Mao Zedong was a good guy. And that what he did was for the betterment of China. Yeah. Meanwhile, what what the estimates? One hundred and twenty million. Well, that's maybe. the high. They say the high is over a hundred million. The low is sixty. So he may have only killed sixty right. million people. And this is this is one of the lunatics they got teaching people in here. Yeah. I mean, had you not already had you been, you would have never fallen for it even right out of high school. But how many people are coming out of high school, go in there, and this is the first clown they want you to go get yeah. taught from? Yeah. This would have been. This would have been designed for the 18-year-old coming right out of high school. That that particular class. So, folks, I mean, if I can't if I can't come off the top rope, so don't give me that nonsense about, oh, well, you've never been there. You know, I've I've I have just about every modality of so-called education. And the only ones or the ones that have been most valuable to me in my life are is not the one where I paid to be indoctrinated. And I'm near the end of it. I'm telling y'all, I just wanted to pull my hair out. Because I'm thinking, okay, not one single... I was working simultaneously as an electrician while I was finishing my college degree. And I was like, dude, there is not one thing I've learned here that I can even apply. Maybe a SWOT analysis where it's strength, (laughs) weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Okay, I use that one. But um, yeah, could have got that one for free. Didn't have to pay. I don't know how much per credit hour. So thank God for the GI Bill, which... um, 
you know, thank God I didn't leave there with any debt. Yeah. Thinking that that was going to do something for me. Um, let's think about these modes of education. So now that I've beaten up on college long enough, let's talk about, I mean, speak, well, let me, let me, before I move on from there, there's a doctor we both know. And this dude is almost 60 years old. And I think he just got finished paying his student loans off. I think well, just a few years ago, maybe, maybe I remember, possibly. I remember it was about five years ago, somewhere around there. And he was saying that he had just gotten finished. I mean, dude, the merchant of Venice didn't even have terms <laughs> like this, dude. This is like, I mean, he took a pound of flesh, but for crying out loud, you're almost 60 <laughs> years old. gave a pound. Yeah. Well, you got <laughs> a point there. A Not the healthiest doctor in the world, but the point no. being is my goodness. So if you're a doctor and you got that kind of debt, now imagine yourself, let's say you're going to be a school teacher. Now you got to have a master's degree. How well, are you going to pay that? Hold on. Here's another tip. Find a doctor that looks healthy. Well, yeah, Dr. Ken Berry talked about that very yeah. thing, you know. So if they're not walking the walk or walking the talk, whatever the case may be, maybe you want to go on. But anyway, yeah. going on to um, modes of education or modalities of education, you could say. Can you learn something from YouTube, son? Yeah, but to an extent, I would say, depending on what it is that you're trying to learn, some of the things you need to be like hands-on, you need to be in-person for, um, you can learn to an extent on YouTube depending on the topic. I I, I kind of disagree. You think so? Yeah, I think, I think you can learn it if you go and do it. I mean, if well, you go, yeah. I mean, how many times have you figured out, okay, trying to figure out how to open that third door of my truck? Okay, following along on YouTube is helpful. If if it's something that you can follow along with, you know what I mean? I don't I still disagree because you can sit here and see, you know what? You can learn everything that you can learn to graze like Greg Judy just by watching his YouTube channel if you go out and actually do it. It's different once you see his pastures though. Yeah, but it's totally different also when like for us, chicken tractor on steroids. People have replicated that based on the YouTube videos that we've done. So it yeah. can actually be done, but I get, you know, all dreams must be implemented with deeds. So you have got to put foot to butt when it comes to actually doing this stuff. So yeah, YouTube and they, some people even call it YouTube university. I truly believe at the end of the day, YouTube can be, and I've said it before, a dangerous servant or a fearful master, depending on how you use it. Um, but I, I really think that can be a lot of homestead channels. Once upon a time, I don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole here. They were focused. Many of the homesteading YouTube channels were actually focused on doing farm work, on how to do this, how to do that. And then there was this transformation that I saw over the years. And this is why it was so hard to get me to get into this, son, is yeah. because it made that transition of a how-to into... Like a reality show. A reality show. Yeah. And then now it's made another transition as of late. Some, some of these YouTubers, and I've been very critical about them on YouTube, um, have made, have gone from that to the reality show because fear mongering, right? Yeah. The right. Prepper channels. Right. Right. <laughs> and they've all become like, and not all prepper channels are bad, you know, no. but they've made this transition where they go from one to the, to the next, to the next. So you got to be careful out there in terms of your education, as far as where you're getting it from. Because honestly, we're in that teaching modality and it's not to folks, I'm not saying this to dump on other people. What I'm trying to get at is in terms of education, 
I like to think that maybe we can overlay education, entertainment, and we don't have to do sappy stuff where we're crying every other episode. Right. Boo hoo. I'd much rather it be funny. Yes. I'd much rather this be a funny podcast to listen to and educational. Yeah, because you know what? It's 10 times harder to make somebody laugh. This is a fact. This is why so many comedians were really good dramatic actors because it's twice as hard to make somebody laugh than it is to make them cry. So if we can come on here and keep it light, um, and honestly, we're just tapping into what we actually do anyway. This isn't an act. Yeah. I mean, this is stuff. This we're just. If you've um, met us at a festival, you understand this is just how we are. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we're keeping it light because that's the nature of it. But also, if we can educate, entertain, inform, you know, and there are times where it's, I don't know, it might come off sappy, but that's not the intent. You're not going to see us do one of those. What is, what's the little caption on there where you put on the frowny face and it's been a bad day or some guys even got oh, tears clickbait. running down clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> tears running down their eyes. Okay. Well, this they, is a podcast. Yeah, but they made that. <laughs> they've made that transition, but folks, they are out there. There are some YouTube channels out there that are saying, okay, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to show you how to do, we're going to flip this compost pile. We're going to show you how to make it. That is not the fastest way to get subscribers, but honestly, I don't care about it. I don't yeah. care about that at yeah, all. Right. Right. I, you know, this actually developed into way more somewhere. We've actually built some pretty awesome community just yeah, by educating people on how we do things. I'm not saying this is the best way or well, that freesteader, that freesteader.com, freesteading.com. Right. That's just going to expand the community even more. That's what I'm hoping. That's yeah. what I'm hoping because I don't think people that are in it in terms of education, that's exactly what I'm hoping is going to happen on that platform because yeah. I can't think of a time where more people are trying to get back to the land than ever. And these hard times have a way of doing that. The crucible of hard times will make you see the light. Well, one thing I just thought of is that you can kind of filter reliable information by going through that app. Yeah. I mean, because we're like, I guess the people, I guess there isn't censorship, I wouldn't say, but no. there's like a control over like not just any random person is just going to get on. there. No, right? I think, I think anybody in that platform can basically get on there and say okay. whatever, but you know, through free speech, you're going to govern what's reliable and what isn't. Okay. So through a platform like that, it can be an awesome education modality. And that's exactly why I'm willing to be part of it because right. that's really fundamentally where we're coming from. Yeah. You're going to have some, I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there say, yeah, the aliens are coming down. They're going to, you know, suck your brains out and do whatever, but <laughs> they will be marginalized by their own words just by being in a platform okay. where it's education based. It's information based. It's, there's so many things based, but going back to the YouTube thing, Yes, it is a really reliable thing, but I'm going to move into the next one, son. And that's books. Right. I got to be honest with you. You can, you can learn, man, I got to be really careful about how I say this because I can really, I'm not worried about offending anybody. My bigger concern is trying to get the information out there. Now, when you read a book and I've said this quote before, a guy with a whole lot of sense once wrote books are wonderful because he, create ideas and dreams for those who have not themselves seen. Well, you can sit here and watch. Uh, I'll give you a prime example. Let's say it's Greg Judy. We'll go back to right to Greg Judy. You can watch his videos and everything, but you're not going to know the intent. You're not going to know the deeper meaning as to why you're doing what you're doing right. to the any full extent unless you read his book. And there are people out there saying, well, man, I'm a slow reader. Now, I get that. But yeah. there are methods... 
which you learned, which yeah. we're going to bring that Tri-focus, out. Tri-focus uh, reading method. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Is there any way we could link that in there? That thing is so hard to find. It's hard to find, but I got it, I think. I'm pretty sure I have it. Okay. So it's the tri-focus reading method. So if you're one of those people that says, man, I read real slow. Well, think about the way you learn. And this is going back to the education, folks. You can learn faster and with better retention just by learning a few different methods. One of them being the tri-focus reading method, which is, I remember when I first started doing it, you and I were doing it together. You were in, still in high school at the time, right? I think I was in middle school. Middle school? Yeah. Um, I remember we were doing it together. And basically, um, you, put, you, you basically play imagination. You imagine this book, and then you imagine yourself as a great reader. There's a whole series of things. We're going to find right. this and add it in there, because I'm pretty sure I know okay. where to find it. I think it's on Spotify. Anyway, with this method, you're going to find out that instead of Think about when you first learned to read. You learned how to sound out letters and then sound out words, simple words. There was cat, C-A-T, then it was catastrophe. Well, when you look at a word, you already know what it is. And what this method... You don't sound out every single letter of the word. That's right. You see the whole word as the word it is. Right. And if you're one of those person, like every persons like everybody else, where you read and you say it in your mind, you're, you're reading at the speed of speech. You're not reading at the speed of thought. And there are ways out there to treat teach yourself... Uh, the guy's name was Steve Snyder, and it's a tri-focus reading method. And um, we're going to find a way. We'll list it down below. So the point yeah. being is that instead of reading each line and saying it in your brain as you say it, you learn to take everything and read it in thirds. I know that sounds crazy, but instead of reading each word on the line, you're going to read that line in thirds. And believe it or not, with the training and doing it over and over again, you're going to learn how to read a book or anything Three times faster, and then you can then you can read it. Um, I mean, it could even go up from there. Yeah, I mean, the guy reads a book by flipping pages. Yes. Yeah. That's I it. do have a question pertaining to a book. You might be able to answer the question at the same time. Um, it's from Agatha Raisin from the Fountain app. She's saying, "Love the podcast. What permaculture books would you recommend?" Well, let's wait to the Q and A section before we get into that sort of thing. Okay. So we'll hang on to that, but. As far as books go, as far as books go, you want to, if you're, if you're one of those people that's a slow reader and you're worried about whether or not you're going to, man, it's going to take me forever in a day. I can't get through it. Well, there's a way to get through it and it goes right back to education. So first, you know, like Thomas Jefferson learned how to speak. I think it was Greek just to read one book. Well, all we need to do these days is learn how to read at the speed of thought instead of reading at the speed of sound. If that makes any sense. The speed anyway, of speech. The speed of speech, yeah. yeah. So when you do that, you're finding yourself, oh my goodness, you're going to love reading, folks. And you're going to blaze through these books. you got to get yourself in the right frame of mind. But you're going to blaze through these books. And you're going to find out also, if you have kids out there, they're going to pick it up. Because William picked it up, I'd say, shoot, it wasn't even a week yeah. that you were doing it. And then it took me, I think, a month. And the younger you are, the better it works because your brain hasn't already built these little pathways. So you're wondering, what does that have anything to do with education? Well, that is the education you get to further and speed up your education. So learn that tri-focus reading method. We'll, we'll get that link down below because I know I know where to find it. Um, so getting through those books. Now you got to ask yourself, all right, well, got YouTube down and it must be supplemented. I really believe this, y'all. Sean and Beth Doherty, you can get a lot just by watching what they've done, what other people have done with them on YouTube. 
but you're not going to get the full extent unless you read it. Mark Shepard, we refer to him often. You're not going to get the full extent unless you crack that book and get up to it. Yeah. So, and then, honestly, getting into that last thing, and I'm just, look, there's just a couple of people right there. Um, a lot of people say, well, you know all this and that. You know all this. Well, y'all, you, you got to read. You got to educate. Um, also, as far as that education goes, I refer everybody to get a permaculture design certificate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, somebody was just emailing me the other day about where they can go to get a permaculture design certificate. They were thinking about getting Jeff Lawton's. Um, I told them about Nicholas Burtner's. And, yeah. yeah, you can get that at School of Permaculture. As far as that education, now that's a combination. There's really not a whole lot of reading involved in that. No, Unless no, it's they're referring. all videos, I think. Yeah, but you're referring to the manual. But honestly, y'all, you're going to save. <sighs> Look, y'all, I'm going to. A lot of people are putting the cart before the horse. And if you can, if you want to save yourself a lot of mistakes, especially if you're looking to get into things that are more permaculture based, spend a little bit of money. It takes now with Jeff Lawton, you're going to spend a fair piece to get it, but it's the best in the world. I really believe that. Yeah. I mean, it is the best in the world. Um, but I think it's like three and a half thousand dollars well me and your mom paid it man yeah. to get hers and I, i'll tell you it's second to none jeff lawton is a but, unbelievable teacher but don't let the price stop you from getting an education there are cheaper pdcs that you can get that have really good information as well well the most one i think most valuable most bang for your buck is getting it at the school of permaculture which yeah. you can do online and i think it was 25 bucks a month yeah so as far as that education now like we referred to youtube we talked about books Here's one where you can either, and depending on where you live, you might be able to go find one in person. That's always cool because you get to interact with the people there. But if you don't have that benefit, if you want to know how to avoid a whole lot of mistakes on your homestead and how to make it way more efficient, right there is one way to do it. You better get that PDC, man. Right. Yeah. You'll avoid a lot of mistakes. Um, You will go through a period where you want to do every crazy thing that you see in the permaculture design manual. Uh, just keep in mind that those are very specific locations and examples. And you also want to remember that you got to get through that first part. There's right. a lot of people that I've known them where they get, they can't get through chapter one and two in the yeah. book. Yeah. Yields and all that stuff, which I mean, if you haven't noticed, I've referenced yields quite a bit in these podcasts, you know, patterns, believe yeah. it or not, that patterns, makes a lot of sense. Patterns won't make sense until it makes sense. Yes, yeah. and it will make sense. And, and if will. you go through the patterns chapter and it's not making sense to you, Google Jeff Lawton's pattern class, and I think it's like a 40-minute video where he breaks down patterns, and it will make sense to you. And Nicholas over at School of Permaculture, what he's doing there, I mean, it's it's an affordable, it is definitely an affordable thing. But I'm telling you, folks, if you don't get it, you're going to wish you did, I think, in the long run because there's so many people that are going out there, it's ready, fire, aim, and then, you know, you're, and and by the way, it's it's not doing away with the need for, let's say, a consultation, because at the end of the day, if you are not a very, 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 very disciplined person, you shouldn't be designing your own place anyway. Right. You really ought to bring in somebody else because it's just like why a doctor shouldn't treat their own family. Yeah. It's the same reason. So that education, y'all, look, I know we're, we're all about permaculture, but I'm telling you of all, and I'm going to say this, folks, I can't say this with enough emphasis. The best money I've ever spent in my life 
was the money I spent on a permaculture design certificate, son. Would you di- would you disagree? Or? I wouldn't disagree. The mess, the best money I bartered with in my life, yeah, because <laughs> I did that for some electrical work. That's right. <laughs> I traded electrical work. You traded for. electrical work for a PDC. Yep. And honestly, it was the best of all the education I've ever had. And like I said, I, you know, pretty yeah. much got them all. Um, yeah. There is no better money that I ever spent in my life than doing that PDC with Jeff Lawton and also at School of Permaculture. So right. it put my path, and you'll never look at the world in the same way, and it's a good thing. So we're trying to drive you, if you're not noticing here, we're trying to drive you right back to getting that PDC. We get no benefit out of that. We're not being paid for it. We don't get any uh, monetary benefit for that. But a lot of the mistakes that people are writing about could have been avoided if you know, like zoning, that's another thing that people skip over. Yeah, zoning is a big one. You know, you zoning is like one of the most important things in permaculture. And it's one of the things that a lot of people forget. Yeah. Like with Danny at Deep South, what makes them so efficient? Because uh, I couldn't believe, man, that just him and Wanda were doing all that. And then you find out that what makes them so efficient, and this is before Danny even, because really permaculture in a lot of ways is just common sense. It's the way that ancient and old people used to do it back in the day before there was even a name for it. Um, when you when you look into these things and you look at the most efficient people, they didn't even, like Joel Salatin, he's like, oh, okay, I remember him talking one time in an interview. Oh, is that what you call it? It's permaculture? Okay, well, this is what I do. Yeah. For him, it was just common sense. Yeah. And for Danny and Wanda, and it's just nature. common sense. Yes, yes. Yeah. And for so many other people, you'll find out that many of these people like Danny come from a construction background where things yep. have to go in order. They have to be, you can't just, you know, Oh, I'm just going to put in the plumbing today, but we don't even have any concrete poured. Yeah. So you can't do a ready fire aim. So these people that make that transition from that sort of thing into the permaculture world, believe it, believe it or not, they do it quite easily. Yep. And many of them are doing it already. So when it comes to that education, y'all, we probably, it should have been episode one or two, to be honest with you. Well, dead. I mean, besides a break, besides we what answered, is, what is permaculture? <laughs> yeah. I mean, after starting with that, we really should have directed people. And this is a long time coming. It may not be one of the more sexy topics or whatever that anybody wants to talk about, but it's without a doubt, probably the most important. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, then everything else, you're going to constantly be changing, chasing your tail. And you're going to be wondering why on earth, did I make this mistake? Or if you've got that foolish pride that we talked about in the last episode, yep. you may not ever come to that conclusion. Yeah. So last thing, as far as education, man, you can, man, how do I say this without out in this dude back in Kansas city, there was a dude I knew there. And I remember he was in the, he was in the preparedness circles and, um, man, the guy was, he was not the healthiest person in the world. I'll say that anyway, he would always say whenever there'd be this preparedness gatherings, I have all this knowledge. I just, and I was like, okay, there you go, dad. You just out at the guy. (laughs) Well, well only maybe in certain circles, but the point being he had nothing to show for it. I mean, it was all polished and spit and more glitter than grit. And he would talk about all these theoretical things. And then people would ask, well, have you done it? Well, no, but I, I know how to do it. No, you, you hand, don't. Hand somebody just some tools and just see how they hold them. <laughs> man, you said it right there. You could tell an awful lot about a person whenever in the trades, man. Yeah. You could tell by, by the way he holds his channel locks as an electrician or she. 
tells you a lot about whether or not they're skilled with those things. Or hand them a knife and have them cut a rope. That's a that's a big one. It could be, yeah, yeah. any kind of tool you can learn. A, but look, y'all, at the end of the day, I don't want to go too far into the weeds here. Point being, <laughs> you have got to get the education and you got to start right there. If you don't start there, y'all, I'm telling you, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Back again, y'all. All right, so into the Q&A segment. Um, son, you're going to kick it off with what we got on the Fountain app? Yep. Remember to check us out on Fountain FM. It's an app where you, can just, listen to, <laughs> where you can just listen to podcasts. Um, all your podcasts, really, not just us. But Steady Presence had a question, and he was asking, how long do chicks need to stay on the uh, starter uh, pellet? And... Uh, before they can just transition to straight uh, food scraps. And also, can the chicken tractor on steroids be transitioned or adapted to a barn setting, oh, like man. a stationary barn setting? Yeah, all of the above. Yeah, um, we may have to repeat some of these. I'm not sure I'm going to remember them all. But the first part, um, I have done it before just using regular chick. I mean, regular uh, chicken feed. Well, um, he's asking how long, uh, how long do chicks need starter feed before they can eat food scraps? Well, we kind of transitioned them into it, and William came up with this. Um, when we first started doing this, making that transition from chick feed into food scraps, they weren't really taken to it because they wouldn't eat the bread or anything else I was putting out there. And then William all of a sudden came up with this idea of taking rice because it resembled maggots and sticking it in there, and it worked right off the bat. And so, that was happening at about, depending on the bird, um, I've seen it happen as early as week three. So they okay. were eating both the rice, uh, cooked rice, that is, uh, that we get from one of our partners in town. Um, I've seen it happen as quickly as three weeks. Right. Um, the second part of his question is, can the chicken tractor on steroids method be adapted for inside a barn? Uh, yes. Check out Two Old Crows Homestead. They have a stationary chicken tractor on steroids system. Um, just copy what they're doing. Yeah. Or you can just do a deep bedding method. If they're if, depending on how quickly you want that compost, you don't necessarily. You could probably save your back in a lot of time if you just do a deep bedding method out there. So, you know, just keep covering up their excrement. You shouldn't be smelling anything. Keep covering it up with wood chips or whatever carbon you have, and then you let it sit for a while. And then after a while, you dig that stuff out of there. You're going to have some fantastic compost. So depending on how quickly you might need it. Yeah. Um. Never ever. Paul Wheaton may be the Duke of permaculture, but I would much rather be the permaculture pimp. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Did Paul Wheaton write that? No, no, that was never ever. Yeah. That so I, I want to hear Jeff Lawton's response when we interview him one of these days and say, yeah, welcome to the pimp cast. Agatha Raisin, uh, love your podcast. And I'm excited to learn about permaculture. Is there a permaculture book that you'd recommend? Uh, yeah. And it's not even called permaculture right off the bat. I recommend every, everybody read, <laughs> everybody should read Fukuoka's 
one straw revolution. And it's not even about it. Man, I guess I got to make sure I say this right. Permaculture, he was doing permaculture before they called it permaculture, okay? And all the things that he had suggested way back then, we didn't know the full reason why, but my goodness, man, it is translated from Japanese and still the prose in which it is written is astonishing, even though it's been translated. So not only is it a joy to read just for the art, the artistry of how it's written, it's also a joy to read because he kind of breaks it all down and he explains that you don't need all these outside inputs. You just need nature. You just need to work with nature. That's really what permaculture is. And, and well, that's part of what permaculture is. You're working in nature and nature's doing all your heavy lifting. So you'll find out that if you take one step to nature, nature's going to take about five back your way. If you've taken your PDC, I'd recommend getting Guy's Garden. That's going to answer a lot of questions you're going to have about trees and guilds and whatnot and placement and zoning. And well, just it's going to answer a lot of questions. Notice that he said, if you've taken your PDC, right? Because there's a lot that guys garden doesn't put in there, but from yeah. a plant perspective, man, it answers a whole lot of questions and a whole yeah. lot of other permaculture designers are not big fans of it, man. I, I really don't know why I haven't really found anything in there that I didn't like that. I disagreed with. No, I thought there was yeah. fantastic information in that book. But, yeah, those are two really good places to start. Thank you so much. Is that it on the Fountain app right there? Yep, that's, it all, that's all of it on the Fountain app. All right, JC's asking, um, okay, he says, I'm taking two of my guinea hogs in for butchering in about a month. I've never had a pig processed before. I know American guinea hogs are, hogs are lard pigs, and I plan to render lots of fat. Do you have any suggestions on cuts or any cuts that you should steer away with this breed? Okay. Well, um, good question. Thank you very much, my man or woman, whoever you might be. Um, okay, do you have any suggestions on cuts? Um, first of all, let me back up a little bit. You're talking about bringing it into the processor. you got to be careful in something like that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if you get a whole bunch of bacon back, that wasn't your pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not going to get a lot of bacon on that guinea hog. Or it's going to be very, very fatty bacon. Uh, depending on how it was raised, or it's going to be very lean bacon, depending on how it was raised. But guinea hogs are almost some of those hogs you don't even need to feed. But going back to your central question, when you take it in, man, you better have a, I've said it before, the hardest things to find in this world is an honest mechanic and an honest butcher. So when you get back that fat, man, I don't know if I would 100% trust that it's my pig that they're getting it from. Man, I sure hope so. Yeah, I hope you trust your butcher. I mean, like, I hope your butcher is trustworthy. Right, because you may be, if you tell them, look, I want, because honestly, when it comes down to your cuts, when it comes to a guinea hog, depending on, on how big that fat ring is, I don't like mine really much bigger than an inch, two inches at the most. Now, when you're dealing with that sort of thing with a guinea hog, that fat ring can be significant. And it's still good when it comes from a guinea hog. Now, if you're wondering oh, yeah, render the all that. the fat is different on a guinea hog. You want to eat that. Yeah. That's off the hook. So when you render it off, when you take that off, you're going to trim off some of that fat. You don't know what fat you're getting back when you're taking it into a processor. So I'd be a little bit cautious about that. And I'd definitely tell them all the trimmings. I want it all. And maybe you want the guts out of there too, or at least some of them. You want the liver, um, kidneys, stuff like that. Your dogs Heart. may want them. Heart. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any suggestions on cuts? Okay. We kind of covered it a second there. Like, what would you tell the butcher if you're trying to maximize the amount of meals out of that pig? It's really going to be touch and go. The The only real meaty section of that pig is going to be the shoulder or pork butt or Boston butt. Same thing. Um, 
that's going to be the only real meaty part of that pig. The ham's going to be respectable. But as far as the loin on that pig, it's not going to be nothing to write home about. Although I will say the best pork chops you're ever yeah. going to eat are going to come off that pig. I can eat three of them, but they're off the hook. Right. The um, the baby backs, if you choose to have those, I always turn every – because I teach homestead butchery. I can do the high-end stuff, but I don't. And from a homestead butcher standpoint, all of the pork chops are going to be boneless when I do it. And the reason why is because I can then get baby backs out of it instead of just St. Louis style ribs. Right. So you're going to get way more out of that, or at least a little more out of that pig by adding more meals to it. So if you get the option, tell them you want, if it's me, the way I'm going to tell them, look, I want the baby backs. I want St. Louis style ribs, which means you're all your pork chops. You're not going to have any bone in pork chops. And the reason I prefer it that way is that you're going to waste the, the external and internal intercostals on that rib. If it's still attached to the bone, you're going to get, there's not meat, there's meat you're not going to get. Yeah. So you'll get it by doing that way. So if you can, if you get all boneless pork chops, then you should be getting baby backs off there if you got a decent butcher. And if they don't, then you may not have a decent butcher or a very dishonest butcher. Yeah. Um, and the cuts I should steer away on this breed. No, you're going to do the cuts just about the same way. All the cuts are going to be the same exact thing. They're just going to be considerably smaller. And depending on how that pig was raised and whether or not you gave it too much fat, there's really not going to be much on those pork chops. Right. So you got to be really, really careful about that. Okay, so we got that one. We're nearing the end. I'm going to try to squeeze in some of these other ones. Okay. Somebody asked, um, do, you feed, do you feed your dogs eggs still? Yeah. Yeah, all the dogs get eggs. No, yeah, they were. Fact, when I was feeding them, that's well, all they ate. Yeah, mom adds a whole bunch of extra stuff, especially to Nala's bowl. But they still all get eggs to a certain extent. To the point where the dogs get priority on the eggs that come from our chickens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to your mom, the way it yeah. used to go is that we were just given guts and eggs. I mean, that's all yep. they got was, I mean, guts from animals that were processed and eggs. That was it. And then all of a sudden, what your mom always does with these animals, next thing you know, she's adding this in there. Then she's adding that in there. <laughs> yeah, and now she's some adding, complicated recipe to feed the dog. Yeah, so when she has to go somewhere, we wind up just how convoluted it became because all of a sudden, we're like, we're like hold on, man. How did it go from <laughs> eggs to all this? How do we have eight ingredients in this dog yeah. bowl? So somebody's asking also, what knives do we use? Um, in the past, we used Victoria. In regards knives. to processing? processing yeah. Um, yeah, Victorinox is a good one. Um, we're about to test out these other ones that we found. I found it up in New York. Um, we also get them made for us now, which is awesome. Cause yeah, there's that a guy up cool. the road. Yeah. There's a guy up the road that makes knives. Yeah. He gave us a couple of custom knives and I've been using those yeah. things, man. It's really yours you is a little springier. Mine's yeah. a little tighter. And depending on what you're using them for, man, it's really yeah. nice. But Victorinox, if you're looking for a basic kit, um, here's what I would suggest a six inch boning blade, a 10 inch. If you're doing a pig, um, you're going to need the 12 inch. If you're doing a cow, um, you could get by with that 10 inch if you had to, but it's just going to make your, like a, a scimitar. I think that's what it's called. Um, you're yeah. going to need a bone saw, a cam lock. If you're doing a pig, you're going to need the 17 and a half inch. If it's a cow, you're going to need the 22 inch. But really, if you're, if you're, most people are not going to tackle a cow, but if you're going with a pig, sheep, go yeah. anything like that. Uh, the 17 inch, uh, cam lock blade with a, uh, boning saw hand saw. 
that's plenty. The 10 inch is going to be plenty. And the six inch is really all you need the way to sharpen it. Honestly, the most important part though, I would say is the sharpening part. Cause you could do it with any, any knife that you had, if it was sharp, but you need to learn how to sharpen your knives. Or I mean, you can buy the best knives in the world, but if you can't resharpen them, or find a place that will sharpen them for you, then they're useless. You know, I'm actually thinking about doing a video of doing the entire thing with a Leatherman. Yeah, you could if it was sharp. Could if I, it was kept sharp, you could do it. Yeah, I, I wonder. Now, I could do. I could definitely do a sheep because you got to get down in between the vertebrae with the lamb chops Yeah, and getting through those ribs. There's a saw in the Leatherman. Yeah, I'm wondering, <laughs> but it ain't really a bone saw, man. One rib at a time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could you could make that a little easier of a journey I'm really thinking about what trying to do that. What if you could baton that. the Leatherman through them? I don't know if a Leatherman will hold up, but that's actually not a bad idea. So that's something we might go ahead Maybe and do. Maybe we can see get we can... Leatherman to send us one to test. Oh, yeah, man. That cool. might not be a bad idea, but I would like to give that a shot. I want to actually yeah. give that a shot to see if I could process either a pig or a... That dude did a moose on that one show? Yeah, but I'm sure he made that thing yeah. look like Hannibal Lecter did it, too. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the guy isn't exactly a trained butcher, so I'd like to know. And then uh, we'll go ahead and end it with this one. It's kind of interesting, especially in light of the video we just did. Um, uh, Jonah asks, "Is the are you being a little bit hyperbolic with the capabilities of the chicken tractor on steroids? No, I'd say we kind of understate it because it's kind of ridiculous how well it works. <laughs> no, I think I think what she was getting at, if you look the uh, the, the full extent of the email, is... We made claims that you could feed the world with this in the past. Well, yeah. And we made claims yeah. that you could feed everybody with this. You think that's hyperbolic? We don't have space for the meat that that's going to produce. We're doing it because we need compost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think we we're have gonna... an excess of meat. Good night, man. I, yeah. My man was talking about hooking us up with another freezer, and I think we yeah. might need that. Yeah. Or we'll have to can it. I mean, we we can a lot of meat, too. I mean, or we've got... freeze dry it or In something. fact, all the chicken we did last time, we had to can it. We didn't, yeah. we had to can all that stuff because we didn't, we got what yeah. a whole bank of freezers out there and they're plumb full. <laughs> so no, I mean, Joe, we're not being, yeah, we're not being, and we eat meat every meal. So well, it's not like, yeah. Well, let you me wanna see dad come unglued, make a meal with no meat, man. <laughs> yeah. Your mom tried to slip in years ago, tried to slip in some textured vegetable protein oh, and I slapped, I jumped up. Slap that stuff right in the dog bowl, man. I was like, man, what is going on here? This is messed up. So, yeah, we eat a lot of meat, and I like to think that we have the moral consistency of at least producing that meat as well. But, right. no, as far as do you think I'm being hyperbolic? No. Um, it does. Okay, here are the claims we've made. Yes, you can produce one to three cubic yards a week with it. Okay. Yeah. Number two, you can, and we do, you could run your meat birds in there. You could run your layers in there, and they do just fine. In fact, All for your layers. Free if you hatch your own birds. Yes, and your layers can, when in this system, they'll go ten percent higher on their laying than they did with pig that with not pigs but chickens that are given store bought food. So yeah, it performs very well in that. Um, so not only are you getting compost, which is better adapted for your property, better than anything you can find. Okay. Not only are you also producing layers in that system, if you so desire, you could even, I even thought about doing this experiment too. It, it wouldn't even be an experiment. It's just getting it done. So let's say you got meat birds out there and let's say they're not Cornish crosses. Let's say it's something that you can actually reproduce. So why couldn't you pluck them out, have a breeding yeah. stock and keep replenishing it? Non-stop? What if at a restaurant, what if a restaurant did that? 
Well, that'd be cool. These birds, I think they would do better depending on, you know, American tastes are, you know, they're accustomed to eating Cornish crosses in the store, Tyson or whatever it's coming from. Yeah, but we live in a very unique area as far as that. People will pay extra just because it has some crazy name. Yeah, but you know what you could do also? You could do some serious value adding or something like that. Okay, think about this, folks. Let's say you had a food truck. And let's say you were selling burritos on it. Let's say you were selling chicken burritos to construction sites. Tip, tip. There's an idea. There's a million-dollar idea for anybody that wants yeah. it. Hit up construction sites. Hit up construction sites at lunch. But let's say you were out there and you were, instead of going to Cisco to get all that chicken, mm-hmm. you could literally give these guys, I mean, some massive burritos packed to the brim with some barbecue chicken or whatever. Yeah. I mean, whatever the case may be, you could pack it full Save a pile of money in a system where you raised these birds for almost nothing. You could put them in a crock pot. You could braise them. Let's say you wanted to make them real, real tender. Mm-hmm. Trust me, man. These guys will love you and gals too if you had chicken burritos out there. So there's so many different options you could do with this. And as far as being hyperbolic within the system, no, Joan, we're not. If anything, we're understating it. Now, you may be a person that may not be able to flip the piles, but let's say you had a group of people out there, or let's say you had a neighborhood which it might come down to that in these times. And you could literally take these birds, run your eggs through it, extract what you need in terms of meat and keep it going. It could be a close. I mean, you could have this thing go nonstop. Do you know how many guys will come and work for you if you cook them a good meal? Well, the, well, <laughs> like, in the past they would. I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard uh, to find those guys these days. Yeah. I mean, there yeah, I guess are, that's a good point. I mean, there, there are people that would work They're for still cookies. out there. They're still out there. Well, and that's exactly why, you know, going back to that freestanding app. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's maybe that's a place to find this thing. I mean, this is an answer to so many prayers that we've had concerning how do we sell our wares? How do we find other homesteaders? How do we you know, build a community? Section, how do we do all this? A stuff? section we need on there is connecting people who have land with people who want land. You know, I'm pretty sure that will be that will be one of many, many forms yep. that are going to happen inside this thing. And that's exactly what I'm hoping for. But let's say you're somebody that needs help with a chicken tractor on steroids. You could put out the clarion call. Maybe you have the land. Maybe you have the resources. Maybe you have everything but your back. You know what I mean? Maybe you have everything but the skill. Maybe you have everything. Maybe there's other people that can fill in those missing components to make this thing happen y'all we're gonna have to be thinking outside the box y'all that's gonna do it for us stay alert stay alive